welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, Frank LaRosa. And once again, I'm joined by the master of the marketing, uh, the the woman behind our brand, uh, Tina Beck, the chief marketing officer for Elite Consulting Partners and uh, chief marketing officer, I guess, for Advisor Practice Dynamics. Uh, Tina, welcome back to the show and our continued series on branding and marketing. Thank you so much for having me back. Awesome. Well, we are. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about this next topic. Um, last topic we talked about was sort of SEO, which gets very granular. And um, this next topic is really about the broader story, right? Building a brand. Why is it important to build a brand, both uh, your the company brand, so your business brand as an advisor, whether you're running your own practice, whether you're at a wirehouse or regional firm or W-2 firm, you still have to sort of, you want to connect the, the your business brand and maybe it's, you know, Bill Smith at RBC or at Raymond James or whatever it is, but it's still, you want to build that Bill Smith brand, right? Um, but then there's another component that I think advisors are missing. That's really the personal brand. And I want you to really, we're going to sort of get into that and talk about why that's so important in today's day and age where, uh, again, asset management and brain power and all that stuff is sort of commoditized, right? Lots of it. Most advisors are really smart. Most of it about most advisors know how to run money in some form or fashion. That's pretty good. The separator is really the connection between you and your audience. So can you just talk about uh, just sort of, let's just go down a, a rabbit hole of, you know, what, what it means to build a brand on the business side and the personal side. So on the business side of building the brand, I often, whether elite or one of our clients, talk about what the core values are of the firm and what they're trying to accomplish for their clients. Um, brand isn't just, we will manage your money. All of us do that. That's that's our industry. It's getting past that into what drives you uniquely as a practitioner and a firm, and then taking that down to the next level to the individual. So who your what your driving values are, what your goals are, and then how that helps your client is what informs how you present your brand to the world. And that trickles down into everything from the colors that you use to the images that you use in your marketing to even how you pick a font. Uh, a lot of information is conveyed. Some people have very strong messages. We wanted our clients to know we're powerful. We are extremely intelligent. That informs one type of messaging. On the flip side, you might be the type of practice where you want to work hand in hand with mostly families. You want to be their resource that drives generational wealth. That's a different type of feel, color scheme, font. So that's where on the marketing side, brand and who you are really start to drive the presence within the space. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's more, it's really not just about like, well, I like sailboats. So I'm just going to use sailboats on my website. 
Exactly. And if, when I work with clients and they bring up, oh, this is something that I like, I actually push them away from that. Um, one of the first things I do, it's actually my favorite part when we onboard a new client or when we have a new consultant come on to the elite team is to do a one-on-one -on -one interview. And I have this list of questions that I cultivated throughout my career. Yours were, you uh, when you did this with me, it was uh, many, many years ago, but I even put you through these cases. And I ask both, both business and personal questions. And what I find is as I'm interviewing and interacting with the client, as they drill down from this is what our business is, and we start with a really fundamental question, how are you different in the market? What's the key differentiator? So mo almost everybody knows that. that lots of it has to do with the brass tacks of what we do in the industry. But as we start to back into backstories, things that happened in their lives that influenced them, people they've met that influenced them, books that they read. I start to see, and I actually share it during the interviews themselves, correlations between who they are as an individual and exactly what's driving their practice. So it's almost like being a marketing therapist. <laughs> you know, I love those appointments, though, because... Everybody in our industry is so unique, but they're so scared to let anybody know that they're unique at all. It's um, We're the, some of the most dynamic people I have ever met and yet closeted about it. Nobody wants anybody to know, you know anything personal about them. And I think it's a disservice marketing in our field is done is that because we do have to be compliant and we do have standards both within who we work with for on the firm level, as well as within how we can engage with our clients, instead of figuring out how to do that in a creative way, everybody kind of backed off and said, okay, I'm just going to do it like everybody else because that's safe and it takes the least amount of time. So you start to see if you look in, or all of us could look at our LinkedIn page right now, and we would see 20 pieces of stock art with the same caption. Or we would see everybody shared, you know, five copies of the same article today that we all thought was interesting. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about building brand and building content and putting who you are out there. It's actually stripping that away. There's a place for that, but that's not how I market. And that's not how our fractional CMO division markets. We very much market to the personal connection because everybody, when we're talking about social media and brands, you forget it's that social is in that in social media. If people are coming to it for entertainment and connection, it, regardless of if it's LinkedIn or Instagram, same it's the same thing. They're coming to it to learn something. Yeah, I, I go back. I go back to the days, and and everyone still does it, but it's like how I build my advisor practice through seminars, right? Because mm -hmm. I wanted to be in front of somebody so that, um, and I would bring my wife too, so make it a little bit easier, so that they would like me, right? So they would, we you, you build that connection. And a bond and you're laughing and you're talking about stuff and they're like, wow, I like this. I like this guy or, and, you know, oh look, they have, you know, oh, I like his wife better than I like him. So um, you know, I'll, I'll do business with them. That's the same kind of thing that advisors have to think about today. That's where social media is coming in. It's all about building that connection between the person. So that say, I like that person and they're smart. I'm going to call them because I think I would trust them to run my money. Um, to help me with my wealth or to help my spouse or whatever it is, or my college education planning, whatever. But the biggest thing, I think the reason why we're not seeing this yet is because it's a, listen, it's a, it's a male oriented business, right? Um, 
And in order to achieve a level of branding and marketing, you have to you have to be vulnerable. And most men aren't really want to be vulnerable, right? So I remember I was at an event and uh, Kevin O'Leary was at this event. It was a private event. So there was only like 50, 60 people there. And I was talking to him and I asked him a question about branding and stuff like that. And his response to me was really interesting because he said that he moved away from all of this high gloss, you know, fancy artwork kind of stuff in terms of, you know, it getting attracting um, eyeballs and all that stuff. And he said, the way to do that is, is to be vulnerable and to show them, you know, to do stuff in the raw, like in the, you know, he used the example of like, you know, they want to see you brushing your teeth in the morning and you're tired, but you're talking about business or something like that. That's the stuff that attracts. And then, and then I started doing the videos with me at the boxing gym and all the other stuff, which is who I really am. Um, and as you, and as you, you always tell me, I got to, you got to do more of those. You got to do more of those because it attracts the most users. So, but how do you make that? It's more of a, more of a statement, right? So how do you, as a marketing person and for those listening, uh, we have a service, we have a, a fractional CMO service where Tina will actually help you with your brand um, in addition to what she does for, for Elite. But how do you as a marketing person and how should an advisor work on bridging the gap between the personal side and the and the professional side, right? Like how do you how do you do that effectively? Being really honest with yourself about what's driving you in terms of who you are as an advisor um, is really the first step. Now, that interview that process that I described, you said it's like being marketer and therapist a little bit because I very quickly, I because I've been doing this long enough and worked in this in financial services for so long that in a half an hour interview, I can make that connection for the advisor pretty quick. I'll actually pinpoint it. But if you're doing it on your own, um, I'm a big fan of pen and paper, still am. Um, and I think actually journal down why you do this, what is motivating you, and then creating content that surrounds that. That is a business message. Who you are and what you do for charity, how what you worry about and your fears are the same things your clients are worried about. And having them see that that's part of your life actually attracts more business to you. Um, one, a very basic example, very good example, and one I've seen multiple times is when people are on the verge, and people, I should say advisors, are on the verge of having their own kids go to college. And they're, they're clients and they're talking to me about it. And they're saying, oh, I'm, you know, uh, my wife went to buy all the stuff. I couldn't believe this, the Amex bill when she came back. You should see my dining room. There's boxes piled all the way up. I do the exact same thing Kevin Leary said. I say, take a picture of the boxes. And they think, I look at me like I'm crazy. Like I've got horns growing out of my head. And I say, no, take a picture of the boxes. People want to see themselves in you. They're trusting their entire financial future to you at this present time as their advisor. So seeing that you are successfully navigating and living life the same way they are makes them trust you more. And the trust is the biggest thing that comes out of the social media marketing. And when you have that what happens and the biggest corollary it draws to new business because it's not that I'm going to put a post out about my personal life and I'm going to get all these new clients. It's that you reinforce who you are and why they're with you with your existing clients. And then the referral business comes. 
that's where I see social media having the biggest impact on individual advisors and their practices is that it solidifies their existing client base and engages their client base in such a way on a regular basis that they start to refer other friends, family, business associates to their advisor because now they're seeing them all the time. Uh, back Way back in the day where it used to be you were lucky if you saw your advisor once a month and some people heard from them once a year. Social media allows you to let them see you multiple times a week and hear who you are and what you're about multiple times a week. So that level presence is re- is really the biggest differentiator and then drives all of those other steps. So when you talk about seeing, right, what, what is there a difference between platforms? Like, do you send it? Is there a different message between LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and whatever else is out there, you know, that I don't know about? But, um, you know, what's it like? What is the difference? And, and is there a different message? Do you work with the clients to create a different message based on the platform? Depends on the client and it depends which platforms. So um, LinkedIn, almost every advisor and and all of our clients are on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is definitely more of a professional environment. How you write your post has to be a little bit different than Instagram. So um, LinkedIn uh, does not like having every a, a large block of copy in all caps. Um, you see that a lot in social media posts. LinkedIn doesn't like that. So you have to be a little bit more strategic in how you write something. But storytelling is very, very good on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is much more picture-driven. So if you have a personal photo, and you dive a little bit deeper into writing copy that tells the story and connects it back to your business, those posts do very well on LinkedIn. And if you have a strong connection um, base in LinkedIn, so other people that you are actually literally connected with other business professionals and can either tag them or involve them in the posts, those do exceptionally well on LinkedIn. Instagram's a completely different animal. Instagram is moving very much towards video, reshares of memes and leadership content within our space, um, motivational content in our space or video, anything that you're willing to take a video of. Like you mentioned, you taking video at the boxing gym. I've had clients take pictures of themselves and video at a sporting event for their children the weekend and talk about the motivational things they said to their child before they went on the field for the game. Instagram does very well with that. And then Facebook is kind of in the in-between right now. Um, My personal opinion, Facebook is going away. Um, I see from an analytics standpoint, um, very, very low engagement right now on Facebook um, within our space. It is not a primary place to be. So if you're investing your time in social marketing and you don't have someone like myself and the the team that I have writing for you and producing content for you, you have have to be strategic about how much time you're spending. What about what about Twitter and um, TikTok? And no one is using TikTok from what I can see. Um, there's it primarily from a regulatory standpoint, TikTok is um, not the best way to go for compliance. It's not based out of this country. Um, there are a lot of question marks in terms of it. Our government is even starting to regulate it in a high in a high way. So TikTok, I, I do not see advisors going on there for their practices. Um, if you're using it for fun with your kids, 
entirely, entirely separate issue. But going on from a business angle, I, I would not necessarily recommend that. That's just my personal um, professional opinion. Uh, Twitter, if you, you particularly if you are in an independent advisor, love Twitter. Um, Twitter is a huge um, space right now. For it, particularly with independent advisors, because it's a quick way for them to get out snippets of what's going on in their day, industry events they're attending, meetings that they're having. Tons of people are flocking to that space. Where I see Twitter being used less is if you are a wirehouse advisor or depending on who your firm partner is, even if you are in a supported independent model, the structure of approvals for compliance can make Twitter difficult because there is a lag time. So unlike what we do with Elite, where you send me a video or you send me um, a photo and I can get it up in 10 minutes on all of our social media platforms, advisors have to have all of their content approved prior to it going out. So you have to be a little bit more thoughtful in what you're putting out, how you're putting it out, and having your compliance officer approve it. So writing is if something's in real time when it's not, um, if you do have that compliance oversight where you can't post in real time, can be a little bit tricky. We manage it well for our clients, um, but we've been doing this for a while. We always are, I encourage everybody two weeks in advance. That's my, that's my phrase. Let's two weeks in advance map out what events are you going to be at? What are things that we need to write about? And we do basic posts for that so that they can drop on the same day and look as if they're in real time, whether they're in real time or not. How does an advisor know that uh, this is working, right? So for me, if you look back years ago, right? Um, I It was like, okay, I don't know if it's working or not, but I, I'm i going to trust you to a degree and see how it goes. And I'll give it some time. And you know, all of a sudden you start hearing things and, oh, I saw this and, oh, I saw that. And, um, but how is it, if, if I'm an advisor and I'm, and I'm getting into this space, right. And I'm, and I'm really trying to take my brand to another level, there's going to be a cost that's going to, I'm going to incur to do that. Um, how do I look back, uh, you know, a year into this thing and know whether or not, Hey, I spent X amount of dollars to do this thing. I don't know if it's working or not. Like, how do you, what's the, con- what are the conversations you're having with clients that say, well, okay, let me tell you why it is working or isn't working, or we need to do something differently. How do they know? Advisors are, you know, data driven. Like, okay, if I do this, this happens. This is this is a world that is new to a lot of advisors, and they're not really sure. And I can say that because that's how I was. So, um, but how do they know it's being it's it's being successful? So I'll share with you the typical dirty that happens and it even happened, it happened exactly this way with you as well. You look first at those, the impression rates and the engagement rates. So impressions, how many likes did you get? How many people did you read? How many people commented? That from there, it deviates a little bit. It starts to become more anecdotal. And this is where, because advisors are analytical by nature, they see these great engagement numbers. But the next thing that happens is they're out in the world and somebody says to them, I read your post the other day. Or, oh my goodness, that was so funny what you said on LinkedIn. And they start to hear at events, even within their own communities, when they're you know taking a walk through their neighborhood, people commenting back to them about what's being posted. Now, if you're doing it right and you're doing a mix of your personal side of your brand and who you are as an individual along with the business side, that's where I see people get the most uncomfortable because then all of a sudden they're out there and people are saying to them, this is your dog's name. 
You never told them that. Or this is where your kid's going to school. You never told them that. By nature, we're all numbers people. So that is the point where um, I always have to do a little bit of work with clients to get them to keep pushing because that is, it's working. People are starting to see and engage with you in a different way. And my favorite stories, depending on the goal of the client, because you have to go into social media with a goal. You can't just throw it out there. You either, um, I know in your, in your case, we wanted to get a larger audience and have everybody know who Elite was and who you were and what we were doing differently. For some of my clients on the enterprise level, it's attracting new advisors to their team is the goal. For others, it's attracting actual clients and business in the door. So when I hear from, let's take the last example, oh, we want new business. When I hear from one of those clients, I have somebody who's a neighbor who came up and spoke to me the other day and said, you and I've been connected on LinkedIn for years, but I never knew this is what you did for a living. Can I schedule an appointment with you? Huge win. True story. Happened with one of our clients. Huge win. That's how it's working. Or when I hear, oh, four advisors came up to me at a trade event and people were yelling to me on the floor of a trade show and saying back to me my post because they knew who I was and they wanted to learn more about my company now. That's how you know it. it's a win. It's not always going to be a, here's the spreadsheet, here's the impressions, this works. So it's like a softer it's, results, right? I mean, exactly. I, I can speak that I was I was at a lunch meeting a couple of weeks ago and I will mention that the type of car that I that I have, but- um, If you've been doing my job right, they all already know. Yeah, right. And I sat and I was having lunch with somebody who I didn't know follow me or anything like that. And, and he brought up my car because he has one too. And I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know that wasn't intention. And it was just, to me, I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. That's, you know, I, I never expected that from that individual. Um, and that's the softer way to really look for it. And for me, that's what happened, right? I'm a, I'm an analytical guy. And at the very beginning, it was like, well, you know, I don't understand and the numbers and the numbers and the numbers, right? Um, and then you start to go to events and they're, hey, you know, oh yeah, I saw you doing this. And oh, oh, I saw you were in you were in Atlanta and I saw you were in Idaho and you were in wherever, like, you know, meeting this client. Hey, you had that meeting go. I'm like, what what meeting are you talking about? Oh, weren't you in Florida recently? And so that's the stuff that I think the messaging really here is uh if you're listening to this and you're doing some of this stuff, it's not just about the clicks and the views and all that other stuff. It's it's about impressions and the eyeballs and then getting them to connect with you so that they they see you as an individual. So it's the, it's the softer, the art part of it, not necessarily the science part that you really have to pay attention to. And it takes time. Um, you have to be patient. This is, this is the, the one thing that I learned with this is be patient. You know, you do a seminar, you have 15 people at a seminar, you make phone calls, you get two appointments. Like it's, you can figure that out, right? With social media and branding, uh, whether it's Instagram or whatever, LinkedIn, you, you, you know, you don't, unless you're doing paid, you know, you're starting to do paid ads and promoted, promoted posts and all that other stuff. You know, it's really about consistency. We use the example of, um, of bamboo, right? You have to water bamboo for like five years. It doesn't grow at all. It doesn't come out of the dirt or anything. Um, and then all of a sudden overnight, it'll grow to like 60 feet, um, like within a very short period of time. And so when you're watering, the, we call it sort of watering the dirt, 
right? You have to sort of keep watering the dirt for, for years. You don't know if it's working or not. And all of a sudden, bang, it happens. And that's like social media marketing and branding is that you have to keep watering the dirt and it can take time. Um, so what I guess the last mess, the last thing in sort of, again, in the interest of time, because you have an, a call you have to be on in, in a little bit with one of our clients to go over their analytics and their results. Um, what's the what's the, the sort of the one singular message that you would tell an advisor that's trying to grow their their business today about why why they have to focus on this particular topic? Social media isn't going away. It's actually going to grow. It's from where I see our industry growing um, on the firm level. People are um, leaders are investing in making this a more prominent part of the solutions they offer advisors. Uh, clients are gravitating to it more for decision making purposes. We all have those phones in our hands all day long, and it is the quickest way to get information. Um, words of wisdom. I'm going to quote something you say often, Frank, but it's the biggest thing I can tell anybody listening right now is the get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it is not going to be something that's in the nature of advisors to be putting this type of personal content out, but it yields the best results and it does set a long-term brand vision. Um, looking at your brand personally or on a firm level on a year-by-year -year basis, it's never where any of us could be. If, we're, if we are being entrepreneurial about it and we are passionate about what we do, we should be looking at the long-term 10, 20 years, or if you're at the point where it's at mid-career and you should be looking at what this is the succession of this, what value do I want to leave behind? Because if we're not looking at ourselves as individuals or our practices like that, then really what are we doing? We're just pushing dollars or and that's not that's not the beauty of this industry. Okay. So an advisor uh hears this message and connects and, and totally agrees with you and they want your help. Um, how do they how do they reach you? I can be emailed at tina at eliteconsultingpartners.com, or you can give me a phone call at 570-620-5897. I'd be happy to talk to anybody about this. It's probably the favorite, my favorite part of the job is, is working one-on-one -on -one with people's individual stories. Awesome. You can also check out our website at eliteconsultingpartners.com or our practice dynamics website, which is where our CMO services sits, which is advisorpracticedynamics.com. And if you want to see the types of things that Tina does for uh, for us, I uh, mean, personally, you can check out my Instagram page at franklarosa.elite. Um, so, Tina, I don't want you to be late for your uh, for your next uh, meeting. Uh, thank you very much. You are the best. Um, I, I owe our brand and everything that we're doing here to you. So thank you. And I look forward to our next uh, our third episode on marketing and branding. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks. Again, as it. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts. Mm -hmm.